1: Welcome to the first quarter results conference call. During today's presentation, all participant lines will remain in a listen-only mode. Afterwards, we will conduct a question and answer session with instructions to follow. Please note today's conference is being recorded, Tuesday, May 11, 2021. If at any time during today's briefing you need to reach an operator, please press star zero. It is now with pleasure that I turn today's presentation over to Mr. John Pearson, Vice President, Investor Relations. Please go ahead, sir. Uh,
2: thank you, Bridget. Uh, welcome, everyone, to Centerra Gold's first quarter 2021 results conference call. Uh, summary slides are available on Centerra Gold's website to accompany each speaker's remarks. Today's call is open to all members of the investment community and media in listen only mode. Following the formal remarks, the operator will give the instructions for asking questions and then we will open the phone line to questions. Please note that all figures are in US dollars unless otherwise noted. As we continue to work remotely, uh, joining me on the call today is Scott Perry, President, Chief Executive Officer, Darren Millman, Chief Financial Officer, Dan Desjardins, our Chief Operating Officer, and Yusuf Raymond, our General Counsel. I would like to caution everyone that certain statements made today may be forward-looking statements, and as such, are subject to known and unknown risks, which may cause our actual results to differ from those expressed or implied. Also, certain of the measures we will discuss today are non-GAAP measures, so please refer to our description of non-GAAP measures in our news release and MD&A which was issued earlier this morning. For a more detailed discussion of the material assumptions, risks and uncertainties, please refer to our news release and MD&A along with the unaudited financial statements and notes and our other filings which can be found on SEDAR and now on EDGAR and on the company's website at centeragold.com. And now I'll turn the call over to Scott Perry.
3: Thank you, John, and good day to everyone, and thank you for uh, dialing into our Q1 earnings conference call. Uh, I'm just going to be referencing our accompanying uh, presentation slide deck, which is available on our website, and I'm just starting off on uh, slide number five. So look, given all of the recent developments in the Kyrgyz Republic, I thought I would take a moment to talk about those first. As we announced on Friday, a new external management law was passed by the Kyrgyz Republic Parliament uh, last week. It was introduced, it passed through three readings, and was adopted in a single day. mister Akelbek Akelbeck-Japarov was the sponsor of the law, and he stated that it only applies to Kumtor and not to any other mining companies. So from our perspective, it is clearly discriminatory. Mr. Akelbeck-Japarov is also the chair of the State Commission reviewing Kumtor's activities the State Commission is set to report their findings shortly. It's no coincidence that the $3 billion environmental claim was advanced and decided on by the Kyrgyz Republic Court at the same time as the law on the external management was approved. The law is designed to allow external management to be imposed where there is a threat to, to human health or the environment. Now, of course, I want to state, we believe that the environmental claims are baseless. For one thing, this exact claim was settled in the 2017 strategic agreement. Secondly, the claim relates to a practice that was stopped many, many years ago. There is no imminent danger of harm to the environment. Kumtor's environmental record is excellent, and it's important to note that the mine was first financed by EBRD and IFC, and and, and it therefore had to adhere to their high environmental standards. In addition, the government's own independent consultant has noted that Kumtor is operated to international best practices, and we have carried out any and all of their recommendations. Uh, similarly, from a safety perspective, I want to note that Kumtor just achieved a significant milestone in terms of one year of lost time incident free operations. So, the suggestion that Kumtor's operations pose imminent danger to human life, we deem that to be completely unreasonable. We, Kumtor, would not enjoy such excellent support of our employees and local communities if we were actually putting human health or the environment at risk. As always, Sintera has tried to engage with the Kyrgyz government on any disputes or misunderstanding, and we will continue to do so. However, we will not hesitate to use all other means at our disposal, including international arbitration, to protect the rights and interests of the company and our shareholders. Moving into the Q1 results themselves, just starting on slide six, as always, I like to start with safety. And I think Q1 was an excellent quarter for the company. We had three significant milestones uh, during the quarter. As I just mentioned, Cumtor achieved one year of consecutive lost time incident-free operations. And in addition to that, as part of that, uh, that milestone, I want to note that our contractors at Cumtor have now achieved 1,000 consecutive days of lost time incident-free operations. This is also complemented by Indarco, where they achieved six years of reportable injury free operations. So, uh, a great set of uh, metrics there in terms of our ongoing objective for zero harm operations. Um, you can see the, uh, the third bullet point. Uh, our gold production levels were strong during the quarter. We produced just over 160,000 ounces of gold. And if you look at the fifth bullet point there, there was at a very competitive, uh, low, all in sustaining cost of $745 per ounce. So continuing to see good operating momentum carrying over from uh, last year into Q1 and uh, expecting this to continue. Uh, Just before I leave this slide, I'll just highlight the second bullet point. Uh, Mount Milligan had excellent performance during the quarter, particularly from a financial perspective. Uh, We reported free cash flow of some $80 million U.S., which was a record quarterly free cash flow result for the mine. So obviously benefiting from our production levels, our unitary cost performance, but also with the uh, significantly higher copper price environment, you can see that is definitely underpinning some strong profitability and free cash flow. Just moving on to the next slide, on on slide seven, in terms of our sort of bottom line financial results, first bullet point, uh, you know, during the quarter, we're reporting uh, net, uh, sorry, adjusted net earnings of some $84.2 million, which equates to 28 cents per share. Uh, the third bullet point, again, we saw um, you know, meaningful levels of positive free cash flow being generated throughout the business. Company-wide, it was a total of $72 million. And then you can see in parentheses there, each of the operations uh, contributing positive free cash flow. The fourth bullet point, um, our, our balance sheet, our treasury position continues to be peer-leading and, and continues to be very strong. Uh, we have a debt-free balance sheet, and we finish the quarter with net cash reserves of some $823 million U.S., This was favorably underpinned by the last bullet point here, whereby during the quarter, we closed uh, the divestment of our Greenstone Gold project, where we sold our 50% ownership level, and that brought in some $210 million U.S. of consideration. And then just lastly, the fifth bullet point, just given the strength of the the financial results, the strength of our balance sheet, as well as our outlook moving forward, the board has once again declared a quarterly dividend of Canadian 5 cents per share. Just moving over to slide eight, um, you can see the charts down the bottom here. We're just breaking out each of our sort of business unit operations in terms of each of the mine sites, and you can see over the last uh, five quarters we've seen you know varying meaningful levels of profitability and positive free cash flow. Uh, again, the second chart there from the left, you can see Mount Milligan very strong quarter, so really benefiting from these uh, strong copper prices that we're currently seeing. And then, obviously, the third chart is Oxert. This is our newest gold mining operation. We declared commercial production here in Q2 of last year. And you can see uh, it has since been a a very meaningful contributor, obviously, in terms of production, but more so in terms of free cash flow generation. The chart in the top right just really highlights our our net cash position. And you can see over the last five years, we've been increasingly transitioning into a positive net cash position. In 2020, we actually eliminated all corporate debt on the balance sheet and, as you can see, finishing the most recent quarter with uh, net cash of $823 million U.S. So certainly makes for a strong financial foundation and a, and a fully funded uh, business model moving forward. Just on to uh, slide nine, just in terms of our environmental social governance profile and update to Q1, uh, You know, just reference a couple of bullet points here. First bullet point, obviously, very focused on safety in terms of our company-wide Uh, work safe home safe uh, leadership program and and I spoke to a number of the milestones that we saw during the quarter but I I think what myself and management are really pleased about one of the key metrics that we report against is our total reportable injury frequency rate and that currently sits at 0.27 whereas our internal target for this year is 0.41 so we're off to a great start we've got some really good momentum there and that's going to serve us well as we look to rally the troops and, and continue this good performance moving forward second bullet point just in terms of social license to operate you know we've now got a consecutive 93 month track record of uh, no uh, business interruptions at any of our uh, assets. Third bullet point just in terms of uh, environment environment uh, you know again we had no environmental incidents during the quarter as it should be and then I might just jump down to the last bullet point we continue to make significant headway and progress in terms of our rollout and implementation of the world gold council's responsible gold mining principles. I think all of our operations are in very good shape as we look to um, establish full compliance and, and third-party uh, assurance on that uh, by the end of uh, 2022. So with that, I'm just going to pass the call over
4: to uh, Dan Dejardin, our Chief Operating Officer.
3: So over to you, please, Dan.
4: Thank you, Scott. Uh, good morning, everyone. Sentara continues to prioritize the health and safety and well-being of its employees, contractors, and communities and other stakeholders during this uh, COVID-19 pandemic. And we're taking steps to minimize the effect of the pandemic on our mine sites to help prevent infection and reduce the potential of transmission. Uh, In in addition, our operating sites, we continue to assess the resilience of our supply chain, increase uh, the mine site inventories of key materials and develop contingency plans. And it has allowed us to continue our operations unabated move to slide 11. For, for Q1, we had a number of operating highlights. Uh, of note, as Scott indicated, the near 4,000 uh, people working at the Kumtor mine achieved a one-year lost time-free operation. And at our Can- Canadian and DACO operation uh, site, uh, we had six years now uh, injury-free. All excellent results. On the production front, we had a solid quarter. We produced 160,346 ounces of gold and 18.6 uh, million pounds of copper at an all-in sustaining cost of $745 per ounce sold. Specifically, Coomber produced 90,000 ounces at $888 uh, dollars per ounce sold. Uh, Milligan produced 42,000 ounces at an excellent $367 per ounce sold after the copper credit uh, for the sales and Oxuit, excellent new operation we have 27,601 ounces of gold produced at $804 per ounce. At Kumtor, the plant operated uninterrupted for the quarter and we continue to produce ore and feed the mill from our stockpile and we are stripping cutback 20 and that is continuing as per our planned rates. At Mount Milligan and Oxute, the operations were normally operated for the quarter and as per our annual plans. Again, our overall all-in sustaining cost was $745 per ounce. Sold. Of note, the Mount Milligan mine has 4.5 million cubic metres of water in our tailings pond inventory, as at March 31. And now, just in the last month, we've built that up already to 6.1 million cubes as we go into our fresh hat. also we did receive the amendments to access surface water near the mine site and that is now extended to november of 2023 this gives us more time to work with our first nations and government partners to continue to develop our long-term water strategy please go to slide 12 and we'll go over operating key focuses Again, safety is our highest operating priority and we continue to roll out our safety programs to constantly improve our safety performance. We have a very robust behavior program called WorkSafe, HomeSafe that we've embraced now for three years. And we are focused on visible felt leadership and the development of rolling out our critical controls. In Q1, we, we had excellent results as Scott spoke to and we, uh, we believe this is a great step forward. With the normal spring melt access to underground water resources and the extension of our permits we do have adequate water to run the plant for at full capacity for, the, for this year as part of our continuous improvement we continue to expand the kumtor leach circuit and add additional grinding capacity through the installation of tower mills this year at mel milligan we continue to focus on constantly, uh, constant production with a strong focus on ore blending and plant maintenance to make sure we continue to have our solid throughput. We are also installing at Mount Milligan a staged flotation reactor uh, to improve recoveries of both copper and gold. As a result of productivity improvements, brownfield drilling and cost controls, we are updating the life of mine plan of both Botoxu- Suit and Mount Milligan, and we are planning to have these completed this year. In addition, we are creating value with robust brownfield exploration programs across all our operations. Uh, Darren, our CFO now will walk us through the financial results.
5: Thanks, Dan, and morning all, and hope everyone's safe and well. Um, For those following on the slide deck, I'll be speaking to initially uh, slide 14. Sentara recorded $402 million in revenue during the quarter. This materially consisted of $293 million in gold sales, $62 million in copper sales, and $40 40 million from the Belimitative Business Unit. During the quarter, the company's average gold price realized was $1,627 per ounce and $2.72 per pound of copper. This incorporates the existing stream arrangements over the Mount Milligan mine. In the quarter, we sold 180,000 ounces of gold, 55 ounces from the Mount Milligan mine, a 35% increase compared to the prior year quarter. 28,000 ounces of gold attributed to the Oxide mine, in its only third quarter of production since declaring commercial operations. And finally, 98,000 ounces attributed to the Kumtal mine. It should be noted the Kumtal mine had a 39% Reduction in ounces sold compared to the prior year quarter. This primarily was driven by reduction in processing gold head grade by 32% compared to the prior year quarter. We also sold 22.8 million pounds of copper, a 12% increase in comparison to the prior year quarter. This represents five concentrate shipments in the quarter. For Q2, we are targeting four shipments. Just moving over to slide 15. The net earnings recorded during the quarter was $167 million, this including the adjustment items of a $72 million gain on the sale of Centera's interest in the Greenstone Gold Mines Partnership and a $10.9 million gain on reduction in the reclamation liability due to favourable discount rate movement. Earnings attributable from operations perspective were $89 million contributed from the Kumtor operations, 40 million contributed from the Mount Milligan operations and 24 million contributed from the Oxford our newest operation the adjusted earnings recorded was 84 million for the quarter or 28 cents per share this is net gain this is net of the gain on the sale of the Sentera's interest in the Greenstone gold mines partnership and the gain on the reduction in the reclamation liability mentioned earlier from a consolidated cost perspective, Centera in the quarter recorded production cost of $561 per ounce and all-in sustaining cost of $745 per ounce. At an asset level, Cumto recorded all-in sustaining costs of $888 per ounce. Mount Milligan recorded all-in sustaining cost of $367 per ounce. And Oxit recorded all-in sustaining cost of $804 per ounce for the quarter. As noted in the bottom right-hand chart, the Turkish lira has continued to be volatile. In Q1, there was a 12% deflation in the lira um, during the quarter compared to the U.S. dollar, with some offsetting inflation on a net basis, but we are, continue, we are currently not experiencing any inflationary pressures. The kyrgyz and Canadian dollar has been volatile compared to the prior year quarter, but minimal change in Q1. Just move to slide 16. As previously highlighted, 153 million was generated from cash provided from operations during the quarter and 72 million in company-wide free cash flow. When you combine the free cash flow of 72 million and 210 million from the proceeds from the sale of the Greenstone Partnership, the company ended the quarter debt with debt-free and 823 million in cash as referenced in the bottom right-hand chart. The key contributor for free cash flow during the quarter were the Mount Milligan and Oxford mines of $80 million and $26 million, respectively. In 2021, these two mines alone are expected to generate $160 million, representing the midpoint of guidance. As disclosed in the MD&A, caution should be taken at all forward-looking guidance, but I would highlight on the bottom left-hand chart a significant step up in production in 2022 is targeted to be driven by the new Oksu mine. with an approximate 125% increase in production comparing 2021 to 2022 production guidance. Finally, given the cash flow generation of operations, a closing cash position of 823 million and liquidity in excess of 1.2 billion, the Centera board declared a quarterly dividend of 5 cents per, per, per share um, per cents for the quarter. With that, I'll hand it
3: back to Scott. Thanks, Darren. Um, Just on slide 18, and just referencing the bullet points here in the top left, I'll I'll just look to kind of sort of round out the core here. But again, just the third bullet point, just to recap, you know, it's another strong quarter, just in terms of our operating momentum that we're seeing. Uh, Again, quarterly gold production in excess of 160,000 ounces of gold. And again, we continue to produce this gold at a a pretty low competitive all-in-sustaining cost of around $745 per ounce. Uh, Obviously, in the, you know, prevailing gold price environment as well as the prevailing copper price environment, if you look at the fifth bullet point, we're continuing to see, you know, meaningful levels of profitability and free cash flow, uh, you know, producing some $72 million of positive free cash flow during the quarter. And then the final bullet point there, you know, again, just given that level of free cash flow, uh, our our balance sheet continues to be, uh, you know, very strong, if not peer leading, finishing the quarter with a, a net cash position of some $823 million U.S., which you know, it gives us uh, a lot of confidence in terms of our ability to advocate that Centerra's business model is a internally fully funded business model moving forward. So that really uh, concludes my uh, prepared remarks. But just before we open it up to um, the Q and A portion of the call, I-, I know that a number of inv- investors and attendees will have a lot of questions regarding Cumtor. Now, you know, obviously, we want to be forthright about our assessments and our plans, but I'm sure there will be certain questions that we simply cannot answer given the evolving situ- situation, particularly so as it relates to legal matters. But do rest assured that we will provide further disclosure as and when appropriate. But with that, Bridget, if I can pass it over to you, just to um, just to uh, conduct the Q&A portion of the call, please.
1: Very good. Thank you very much. We do welcome all questions or comments. To register, please press 1-4 on your telephone. You will hear a three-tone prompt to acknowledge your request. If your question has been answered and you would like to withdraw a registration, please press 1-3. Again, to register questions or comments, please press 1-4 on your telephone. One moment, please, for the first question. And our first question comes from the line of Trevor Turnbull of Scotiabank. Please proceed with your question.
6: Hi, Scott, and thank you for your candid comments at the Open on the recent developments in the Kyrgyz Republic. I I know it's it's kind of hard to know where to begin, given the breadth and the scale of the issues raised by the government and the courts. Uh, I assume that high-level discussions with the country are really one place to start, and I, I guess my question is, how do you plan to respond um, aside from potentially seeking arbitration with respect to the
3: government? Have you requested a, a meeting with them? Yeah, thanks, Trevor. Um, look, we have been uh, reaching out and looking to engage with the uh, you know the senior political leadership in country, but there's been no meaningful gauge engagement to date. Um, I did note in my earlier remarks that in terms of the uh, state commission review that's underway, we, we are expectant that that commission review will be finalized uh, this month, and I think that in itself will be the catalyst uh, for those, uh, you know, those discussions to start taking place with the uh, political leadership in country. So that's still a, uh, you know, obviously a development that's in progress, but as and when that's finalized, uh, I think that'll be the catalyst for those discussions to uh, to be embarked on.
6: Okay. Um, then the only other question I, I guess I have um and it uh, obviously, there are some developments pending, such as this report, although it's it's hard to be optimistic uh about it but given the uncertainty, are there any modifications to your capex plans for Comtor at this point, or uh perhaps given uh, further negative developments are how do you do you plan on modifying um, perhaps uh the, the level of investment you're making?
3: No, I mean, when I look at, uh, you know, our, our plan for this year, Trevor, um, you know, obviously we, we were, we we're adding the additional trucks in terms of expanding our haulage uh, trucking capacity in terms of the fleet. Uh, all those additions have taken place. Uh, we're in the final stages, as Dan mentioned in his remarks, in terms of expanding our leach circuit as well as uh, installing a tower mill in the mill processing facility. Both of those are underway as we speak. Uh, our exploration program it's a 75,000-meter program and we're one quarter of the way through that program, um, and so we're continuing to carry on with you know each of these items. And I, I guess I do that, you know, I, I guess we make those decisions philosophically, you know, on the premise that we want to be a good steward of the asset, we want to do what's in the best interest of the mind, of the ore body. So we continue to make those investments, and, and I think that also reflects my my optimism um, that you know, despite the fact that you know there's a bit of uncertainty in Kyrgyzstan right now. I think, you know, we, Sintero, the organization, has proven through time that, you know, we usually always find a way to, uh, you know, resolve these issues in, in a constructive manner. And, and, you know, I have to take that as my sort of base case scenario. And so I want to make sure that, you know, whatever we do, that, you know, KUMTOR is going to be in the best position possible uh, when we get to the other side of this. So A bit of a long answer there, Trevor, but I just wanted to give you that color.
6: No, that's fine. And that's all I had. Thanks, Scott.
1: Our next question comes from the line of Brian MacArthur of Raymond James. Please proceed with your question.
6: Hi, good morning, Scott.
1: Um, I just want to have a quick question.
6: One of the things that talks about there is banking restrictions. So I just want to confirm the current $823 million U.S. sits outside
3: Kyrgyzstan, so you have Kyrgyz Republic, so you have full access to that right now and secondly on page 19 there's also a statement about accounts receivable um, and talking about an additional shipment of gold from CompTor uh that came in april so c- can i assume in fact that balance if, if it's true is outside the country is even higher right now as that, as, as that cash has come out too please thank you um so, yeah, in terms of the $823 um the, the answer is yes. But I'll let Darren speak to that to be able to give you the exact numbers. And, Darren, if you can just touch on the April gold shipment, please. Sure, Brian. So, uh,
5: I'll give her an order. So, the, we've received <clears throat> received that gold shipment um, that was recorded in our cash receivable at the end of March. Um, and I guess, you know, as normal course, you know, our treasury team, you know, does cash sweeps from all our subsidiaries, including um, KGC, our Comtos subsidiary, and we we generally target a cash flow no greater than than 10 million in Kyrgyzstan. So, um, you know, so all 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 funds are material outside of country.
1: Great, thank you very much. Our next question comes from the line of Dalton Barreto of Canaccord. Please proceed with your question.
7: Thank you. Uh, good morning, Scott and team. Uh, I want to start by asking where your Kirgis directors sit on all of this, and whether they've been uh, they've been part of any board discussions you've had following um, the you know the announcements of Friday. And then, as part B of that question, if the Kirgis do end up uh, taking over the mine, what happens to the uh, the 26% corporate stake that they, that Kirgis Alton
3: has? Thank you. Yeah, thanks, Dalton. Um, you know, as you can appreciate, we just had our board meetings over the last uh, two business days. You know, prior to releasing our our results, and in terms of our discussions and you know de- deliberations with the Kyrgyz directors, uh, unfortunately, they're not you know within the inner circle, if you will. That might be a poor choice of words, but the, the inner circle when it comes to the state commission review or uh, the senior political leadership. So they weren't really in a position to offer us a lot of insights or intelligence over and above what we as an executive management team uh, already have. So that would be the, uh, you know, my response to your first question regarding the, uh, the Kyrgy's directors. And then your second question, you know, with, with regards to Kirgi's old shareholding in Sentara, uh, you know, obviously there's a number of legal responses uh, that, you know, we're considering and evaluating right now that uh, at this stage we're not in a position to uh, comment on that.
7: Okay, uh, fair enough. And then just in terms of your options that are available to you, you mentioned arbitration. Uh, What what other options are available to you? Uh,
3: Yusuf, is there anything that you want to expand on there? or? Um,
6: yeah thanks Scott. I think I mean we're you know obviously we mentioned arbitration uh, we've gone to arbitration before uh, that's something we're evaluating uh, There's a number of other uh, legal options that we're we're looking at but but again, given that this is evolving pretty quickly uh, we're not really in a position to talk about those unfortunately, so i can't really answer that question or provide more color
7: okay, no problem and then last question for you, Scott. Um, just given what's happened, how are you now thinking about? capital allocation MA just in light of these events as well as your, uh, your current balance sheet?
3: Well, you know, in terms of capital allocation, all of our operations are, are positively free cash flowing, and we expect that to continue over the course of this year and, you know, even over the subsequent years as per our, our three-year guidance. So, um, really, a lot of the focus and discussion with the board, you know, over the past six months has been with regards to possible capital return initiatives. And what we could potentially be, you know, doing there and if there's anything that, you know, would potentially be deemed measured and smart, then, you know, that's something we'll evaluate. But, again, you can appreciate there's a bit of uncertainty right now in our sort of boardroom setting when we're strategizing just with regards to the uncertainty in Kyrgyzstan. So, for now, those sort of uh, capital return discussions have been uh, put on hold Um, you you referenced M&A. That's not something that we're primarily focused on uh, right here, right now. I I think as you've seen in prior years, we've always been pretty internally focused, just looking to ensure that we're maximizing the intrinsic asset value of our business and of each of the existing operations. And I I expect that to continue here uh, moving forward.
7: Okay. Thank you, guys, and uh, good luck.
1: And our next question comes from the line of Fahad Tariq of Credit Suisse. Please proceed with your question.
7: Hey, good morning. Just uh, one question from me. Um, Given the dynamics of what's going on right now, is there any thought on reassessing KMS or new studies there? Uh, Any any thought around that project?
3: Yeah, thanks Fahad. Um, The answer is no. Um, I I think as as we've discussed with yourself and, you know, uh, uh, other participants in the investment community previously, you know, we we did have our strategy session back in, uh, I think it was September of last year with our board of directors. And, you know, we we took a long, hard look at each of our development projects that we had in the portfolio back then, which back then was Greenstone and uh, Comess. And and we ultimately concluded that based on our long-term metal price assumptions, we weren't seeing a compelling Uh, value proposition or you know economic rate of return and we actually concluded that we're going to deprioritize both of those projects so you've seen obviously that we've already actioned uh, you know our 50 percent ownership in greenstone you know we ultimately uh, divested of that asset and that closed in january and again with commess it's uh, potentially a similar sort of strategy uh, whereby the board has encouraged us that you know if, if there are counterparties out there that are you know, that, uh, um, you know, ascribe more value to commess, uh than what's potentially embedded in our uh, company-wide valuation, then, you know, those are opportunities that we, we should be exploring, you know, i.e. any opportunity to surface value or daylight value, uh, that would be on strategy from uh, Sentara's perspective. And, you know, obviously I note that, uh, you know, the copper co- the current copper price environment is uh, particularly strong. And, you know, you may recall that over half, uh, approximately half of KMES's uh, Uh, revenues are actually denominated in copper. So uh, it's an interesting uh, opportunity right here, right now, and um, that's something that, you know, we'll potentially be pursuing. And uh, stay tuned just to see, uh, you know, what we can do there in terms of potentially, uh, you know, daylighting any additional value that commerce. Okay, thank you.
1: And our next question comes from the line of John Tomazos of John Tomazos, very independent. Please proceed with your question.
8: Thank you. And uh, we all have your, you have our support and sympathy for this unprecedented situation. Excuse me if a couple of my questions might express frustration to the situation that the government's created there. First. Uh, don't you think that the the May sixth actions create irreparable damage in the stock market? Where even if uh, the government begins to behave like a hospitable host country, the stock market is never going to give you a full valuation like a normal gold mining company with a premium valuation, two times NAV or something. So at this point, the damage is done, and it's not a settleable situation. You have to move on. Uh, second, it would appear that there's a ready market. There's Russian, Chinese, Turkish, Mountain and Saudi Arabia, the Uzbek State Mining Company. And you could have a reasonable auction process. To get a fraction of the value, say half, uh, to some other country that might have uh, more understanding of the politics of uh, Kyrgyzstan.
3: Okay, um, yeah, you know, thanks, John. Um, look, I, I take your point. You know. Um, as and when and if you know we find ourselves on the other side of this and you know through constructive dialogue we're able to uh, we're able to resolve the situation I think I would uh, I would accept uh, your assertion that you, you're never going to get full value for kumtor you know vis-a-vis what you would get for the asset if it was located in you know what the market deems to be uh, top tier jurisdictions. Uh, I would probably accept that uh, assertion however Kumtor is a, a very meaningful asset. And as you know, we've been investing in the assets significantly on a number of fronts, and, and those investments have certainly paid dividends. And, you know, the amount of positive free cash flow or the level of profitability that we have realized from Kumtor year in, year out is, is very meaningful. And, and I think that more than offsets any jurisdictional considerations when it comes to, you know, achieving the utmost valuation of the asset. And I think, it, you know, Suffice to say it's also in the best interest of our shareholders that you know we've got to you know stick at this and uh, try and resolve this situation because there there would certainly be a, a lot of additional value that you could daylight, which has obviously since come out of our our share price and our company wide valuation since our announcement on Friday. second part of your question you know in terms of um, you know selling the asset and and moving on as you said um, i i don 't see that being a a realistic scenario right now because um, <clears throat> I think before any third party would even be willing to uh, evaluate the asset and the opportunity, uh, you've still got to resolve this situation. So uh, I think in terms of our strategy moving forward here, it's going to remain uh, consistent and, you know, steadfast, uh, whereby we're looking to engage, uh, you know, in meaningful dialogue with the political leadership and we'll look to resolve this situation. And uh, I think, again, that's what's going to be in the best interest of all our shareholders.
8: So, Scott, would you consider it a reasonable tactic to walk down to the Ontario courts today and file an injunction to cancel their 77.4 million shares and remove their three directors in view of the government's behavior hostile to the shareholders of your company? And bear in mind that if you don't, there could be an activist shareholder that thinks that's reasonable.
3: Yeah, look, I think as I said earlier and as Yusuf said, you know, we're, we're evaluating all of the, of the various uh, legal and other options that are available to us. And, um, you know, we'll continue to evaluate that and uh, report back in due course.
8: Good luck, Scott.
1: All the best. Thanks, John. And our next question comes from the line of Anita Sani of CIBC World Markets. Please proceed with your question.
9: Uh, Good morning guys and uh, let me echo my comments about uh, or um, John's comments about my sympathies on this unfortunate situation. He also asked the same question I was going to ask about canceling the shares of um, um, the Kyrgyz Republic if that was within your uh, jurisdictional power to do that. And then uh, my – so could you give a little bit more clarity? Do you think that that is a possibility if you had to go down that, path,
3: Anita, I apologize. I'm going to frustrate you and others, but we're, again, considering all options that are available to us, and we'll look to report back on that in due course.
9: Okay. And then um, the second question, I guess, would be – the the total tax bill right now was it 352 million that that you guys had um, said or is, is there potentially more than that at this stage?
3: Darren, do you want to confirm that, please?
5: Yeah, so so the it's, it's unclear, Anita. The there is um, the recent press release we put out um, that covers the same period. Um, that the I think the, the 16th of March press release. So um, you know, we basically just simply combine those two numbers. It's approximately that, that figure. But obviously we're looking for some more clarity from the government um, on that on that to see whether it is you know one plus one equals the 350 or is less than that. But, but that's the, the total sum um, as as we understand today.
9: Okay. And then just a, a bit of a question on in terms of. Government relations, I guess, as they stand. So, um, y- you are reaching out to them to try to, to try to talk to them. But um, can you give us an idea of how? You know, do you feel there's like hostility there that you know there, that you might be concerned about um, potentially keeping your expats in the country at this stage, or is is has that you know been been something that you've considered at this stage?
3: No, I would <clears throat> I would not use the word um, hostile or hostility. Excuse me. <coughs> um, it's not. There's no hostility. Um, I, I think the challenge we have in terms of the dynamic is the state commission review is in the final stages of their review. Uh, as, as I mentioned mm-hmm. earlier, we we expect that review to be finalised here in the month of May. And, and I think until that review, until that you know metaphorical document is on the table, uh, I, I don't think it's possible for us to uh, engage with the Kyrgyz Republic in terms of the political leadership. But once that document is on the table and available. I think that'll serve as a catalyst, uh, hopefully, for uh, engagement to begin.
9: And has there historically been a, a good separation between the um, uh, the political and the judiciary?
3: Um, it's, it's difficult for me, me. It's difficult for me to answer, Anita. I can't answer that.
1: Okay. All right. I'll leave it there. Thank you. And as a final reminder for questions, please press 1-4. Our next question comes from the line of Mike Jelanen of Bank of America. Please proceed with your question.
8: Oh, hi, Scott. Uh, just uh, actually to go away from Kumtar, I'm intrigued by the Life of Mine updates at Oxford and Mount again. Just wondering when they'll be released and uh, what they'll entail. It sounds like these could be positive uh, developments for Centera. Uh, Thanks.
3: Yeah, thanks, Mike. Um, Dan, did you want to just speak to that, just in terms of the latest update on timing and what have you?
4: Certainly can, Scott. Thank you. Uh, Yeah, let's start at Mount Milligan. Uh, At Mount Milligan, we've had some very good uh, uh, changes in our our drivers of a a life of mine. We've had uh, excellent cost control the last year and a half, and uh, we've had some productivity improvements in our mill Etc., as well as some brownfields exploration. So we are updating uh, that that life of mine, and we, we should have the results of that uh, in early the late the third quarter, early the fourth quarter, um, and updating a 43-101 with that. Uh, with Oxoot, now that we understand the operation better and we, we understand our um, the, the whole dynamics there, we are, we. Um, we're also updating that along with the exploration drilling results and again we should have the results of that uh, completed by the fourth quarter
8: oh that's, that's good news uh, okay thanks for that and i look forward to a trip to mount milligan
1: a mine i've never visited thanks
8: thanks Mark.
1: and our next question comes from the line of mike parkin of national bank please proceed with your question
3: okay, guys thanks for taking my question i guess it's pretty early but in terms of some of your suppliers with respect to CoomTor, are you seeing any changes in terms of payment like is there a need to pay first before delivery is made or is it too early to kind of see any changes on that front Dan, do you want to comment please
4: i happy to um no, not sure. Okay. Good. Um, right now, no. I, I think uh, we, we had um, we have a robust inventory at Kumtor due to its distances from a number of our large suppliers. And during COVID, we we deliberately uh, took a good look at our, our inventory supplies. So we're very comfortable right now. Um, we have had uh, talks with uh, a couple of large suppliers um, because they also have employees in country, et cetera. But uh, we have we have great support of uh, our international and national suppliers. So at this point in time, uh, there hasn't really been any any change in that respect.
3: And can you just uh, the fleet over there? That's completely owner operated. None of it's leased.
4: That is correct. All right. Thanks. That's it for me, guys. Thanks very
1: much. Thank you and our final question comes from the line of Frederico Regio of Helicon. Please proceed with your question.
7: Hello hi uh, I just have one question on Oxo one question on uh, I so basically the, the production number for Q1 were kind of strong uh, if you compare uh, with the 35% uh, production that i think you were expecting uh, in h1 2021 over the full year guidance uh, of uh, um of, tw- of 2021 so uh, is let's say q2 going to be very weak or should we expect that probably should should uh, probably overperform a bit uh, let's say your, is, is over is performing a bit your expectation this year
3: Yeah, hi, Frederico, and thanks for the question. Look, you're correct. When we issued our guidance for the calendar year, we were guiding that the first six months of this year at Oxert will represent around 35% of the annual uh, gold production level. Uh, Our performance in Q1 was uh, slightly better, slightly stronger uh, than what we were expecting or what was implicit in terms of our guidance. Um, In Q2, it it will be a weaker quarter, which is just due to a a lower-grade Uh, Mining production profile that we've been going through. Um, So in terms of the first six months of this year, I I still think you know it's going to be um, comfortably. It'll represent 35% of the annual total. It could be as high as 40%. So um, just so yeah, just to round out the answer again, you know, I I do think the second quarter will be lower than what we produced in Q1, but I think the first six months of this year will represent 35 to 40% of the annual total. Okay, thank you very much.
1: Thank you. And that does conclude the question and answer session portion of today's call. Panelists, I'll now turn the call back to you. Please continue.
3: Okay. Well, uh, thank you, everyone, for your uh, participation. Again, we, again uh, we, we all hope you're uh, safe and well, and we'll be looking to uh, updating everyone accordingly as we move forward here in terms of our ongoing disclosure. But uh, thank you, everyone, for your participation.
1: And that does conclude today's presentation. We do thank you for your participation and ask that you please disconnect your lines. Have a great rest of the day, everyone.
0: Save big on brunch for mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16 ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% lean ground sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca Cola, Pepsi, or 7UP, all with your card.